0: The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. back to Geekish Cast. This is episode number 175. I am your host Jeremy and uh, I have to apologize for a lack of episodes last week. Uh, this year has been brutal with the flu. My dad's been in and out of the hospital and I somehow ended up with a tear duct infection and had a gas cancel on me. So no new episodes last week, but this week we have a new episode and joining us will be actress Tammy Gillis. We're going to take a quick break, here from our sponsors and we will be right back to introduce her. Guys, thank you for listening to the ad. Again, this is your host, Jeremy, and joining me now is the actress, Tammy Gillis. How are you doing, Tammy?
1: I'm really great. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for joining me. Uh, I do appreciate it. I love talking to actors, even though I don't know enough about the art to uh, converse on it directly or uh, intelligently, but it's still fun talking to them. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. So let me, we'll uh, we'll kind of start at the beginning, and get into specifics. Tammy, at what point in your life did you learn you enjoyed performing or acting, or what artistic outlet was it you first took a shine to?
1: Well, I was really lucky because a new teacher moved to our town, a new English teacher. Uh, I'm from a really, really small town in Manitoba called McCreary, and at that time there was about 800 people that lived there. So it's a small town. Uh, And she moved to uh, McCreary when I was in grade seven, and she started a drama club, and I joined up. I'd always been interested in it a little bit. There was a traveling theater show in Manitoba that would come every year, and my friends and I would go and watch, uh, and we loved it. So the opportunity to be able to perform uh, came up, and I got bit by the bug, and I performed every year until I graduated, and then I went to university. And I was out with some friends at a bar, and I got scouted by a modeling agent, and uh, went and had a meeting with them. Got signed with them, and then I discovered that I liked acting more than the modeling side of it. And uh, the rest is history.
0: <laughs> when when you were modeling, what kind of modeling did you do? I,
1: I was a terrible model. Mm-hmm. I hated
0: it. <laughs> I'll be I'll
1: be honest. I did not enjoy it. Um, I did. <laughs> foot modeling. Oh, awesome. Or like, oh man, uh, like various flyers in uh, Winnipeg. I'm trying to think of it, like superstore flyers, stuff like that, like catalogs. Um, But I was a lot more successful as a commercial actress. Mm -hmm. So I did a couple of different commercials in Winnipeg and then I did some short films and then I ended up starting to book like uh, on feature films and movies of the week.
0: That's kind of, when it comes to modeling, I'm always, because I always think of just like catty, catwalk, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, fashion modeling, right? and there's so much more to it.
1: Yeah, there is. It's a lot. And it's just, you know, you. it's really a bit of an art, because you need to really understand how the camera works, a little bit like acting, but um, also your body, you know, and uh, the angles and all of that, and to me, it was just like, acting is so much more exciting, being able create more of a character
0: and well we'll 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 leave it behind but did you did you pick up anything as a model you could apply to acting later <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, it's it's fine. It's if if well, you got to think about it too much, don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> no, well, you know, one of the things I did learn because even with being an actor, we have to get our pictures taken for promo, for headshots, for gallery shoots to promote um, Projects. Uh, one of the things that I learned was really if you have thoughts while you're getting photographed, it really translates in a photo. So sort of the whole Tyra Banks smile with your eyes thing, (laughs) it actually really is true. It really is helpful.
0: I don't want to admit my wife gets me to watch that show with her, so I'll act like I don't know what you're talking about. Okay but uh yeah project runway um uh, i think that's what we're talking about <laughs> <coughs> um but anyhow so when you um when you were i don't know not really transitioning because you're acting at the time you're modeling so you didn't like go from one to the other you were doing both what was the next big thing you did that made you i mean you said you preferred acting so what was it that you did next that allowed you to move away from modeling Hmm.
1: um I think that I just started like I was just more successful as an actor because um, I was never like really tall so I couldn't really do runway I was never really really thin um, and I really didn't want to. Basically, you know, restrict myself in such a way that I couldn't enjoy my life. Like, I knew I wasn't going to grow up and be Cindy Crawford, a professional model. So, I started taking classes in university, uh, theater classes for my electives, and started studying with independent coaches in Winnipeg. And it just sort of went down that path because I just started booking. And the first big thing that I booked was a movie of the week called Inside the Osmonds about the Osmond family. And that really helped because I made a bunch of money and I was able to move from Winnipeg to Vancouver to pursue it on a more of a full-time sort of thing.
0: Okay. Now, when you were figuring out where to go, is there a reason you went to Vancouver instead of Toronto, which is the other places a Canadian actor you could really capitalize
1: Well, the weather was definitely
0: part of it
1: (laughs) growing (laughs) up in Manitoba.
0: And there you have it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, But also, there was a film festival in Winnipeg that I went to, and I met a whole bunch of filmmakers from Vancouver, uh, and they all encouraged me to come out to Vancouver and talk to me about the industry, and I had some friends that had moved to Vancouver to pursue acting. So also part of it, I think, is just I have more connections in Vancouver.
0: Well, yeah, that would do it. That would yeah. certainly – I'm always interested to know the difference because it seems like there's the East Coast Canada uh, showbiz set and the West Coast, and they don't really cross over a lot. They kind of stay to their own territory.
1: No, that I totally agree. It's, yeah. it, it's tough. And there was a period of time where I was working more in Eastern Canada, and I'm like, I love working in Montreal and Toronto uh, and in Winnipeg for sure. But I completely agree. And one of the things that makes me a bit sad about that is there's so much comedy in Eastern Canada and there's very little comedy in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of the shows, uh, especially the Canadian shows on CBC, like uh, Working Moms and Schitt's Creek and Letter Kenny, they don't have a lot of money. So they're not really looking at talent in Western Canada because they just don't have the money to fly people out and put them up so they're hiring a lot more of the local talent
0: well and what i and keeping in mind I, i'm doing a podcast where i focus on a lot of indie creators and that sort of thing what i have found is that most people in toronto it's very small scale it's like a lot of guys with like a really small budget turning out movies and tv shows on used car budgets a yeah lot, absolutely. a lot of it which i think is really cool um, because, you know, the barrier to entry to doing artistic things now is so much lower than it even was 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, I did an independent film in Winnipeg a couple of years ago that, they, we made for around $250,000 and we really got lucky because that movie played in film festivals all over the world. We got it into theaters in the U S and in Canada, in Toronto, Winnipeg and Vancouver. But like you said, it's a bit of, it was really small crew. It was a really small cast. And we had to really work hard marketing that film to get it seen. But, and we, kind of call it the little film that could and still does
0: because
1: mm-hmm. it's currently on netflix in the u.s and it's available on amazon and itunes <clears throat> excuse me in canada and the uk and it's going to be hitting uh netflix at some point in canada uh in the next year or so so it's a it's that those kind of projects i really love and it's uh, you know my manitoba peeps and we all just worked really hard and we you know wanted to make a movie together.
0: Yeah. What what was the name of that movie?
1: It's called Menorca, and we shot uh part of it in Winnipeg and part of it in Menorca, Spain,
0: which okay. was really cool. <laughs> I was gonna, I was thinking that a Menorca was that thing that Kramer had and Seinfeld where all the women kept falling in love with him.
1: Oh, oh my like, goodness. No, that was a kev-
0: re- That was a Cavorca. Never mind.
1: Comorca. <laughs>
0: Um, so let's let's do. We're gonna since I'm an American, we gotta at least address the Canadian accent or the difference between the American and Canadian accent. Originally, <laughs> okay. originally you're from Manitoba. That's right. How much of your uh, hardcore east uh, east leaning accent did you have to lose when you moved to Vancouver?
1: You know, I, I, not too much of it. Okay, because I lived in uh, Texas for a little while with this guy that I was seeing at the time. Oh, And for some reason, I like I get a little bit of a drawl in me, especially when I get around Americans. It comes out. (laughs) But I will admit that a couple of casting directors in Vancouver would, you know, sort of catch me on my outs and sorries because Canadians say sorry and Mm -hmm. Americans say sorry um, but it's so funny. I'm working on a show right now with an American director and the lead girl, lead actress is American and she, well, we all make fun of ourselves as well, but we're, you know, making fun of the oots and the boots.
0: So, okay. So I don't, I don't really do accents, but when I hear, when I hear somebody's from Manitoba, I think, oh yeah, there, I'm from uh, you know, Manitoba over there. <laughs>
1: like uh fargo
0: yeah kind of almost almost (laughs) wisconsin that's what i'm expecting to hear you know
1: oh don't you know over there
0: oh betcha by golly (laughs) and um so here in the states two of our closest friends are actually not from they're like from london ontario but somewhere near toronto and Mm -hmm. they say things that crack me up like i giggle like a small child every time they say canned pasta Canned pasta. That one gets me in Kraft Dinner. Kraft Dinner. Because here it's just macaroni and cheese. That's, that's, right. yeah, that's what the box says, you know, the whole bit. I actually have boxes of Kraft Dinner here, though, as a, as a goof.
1: I saw that. I saw a picture of that. Yeah. I was like, awesome. <laughs>
0: uh, when one of their moms came down from Toronto, they brought me, like, a case of Kraft Dinner. So it's was like, I... You know, I'm practically Canadian at this point. I have loonies in my underwear drawer right now. You know, we're going back in in May. We love it up there. What about ketchup chips? So, for a while here in the States, Lays or Ruffles had both ketchup chips and all dressed. Really? Yes. Um, they don't do them all the time. They do them periodically. But when we were in Vancouver last, not only did I smuggle home... 30 pounds of beer, um, which would be 14 kilos roughly for Canadians. Um, Fred Owanick and I traded beers while we were there. So I brought up locally made uh, California beers and he gave me locally made uh, British Columbian.
1: Did he give you some of his own homemade beer?
0: He did, absolutely. I've actually still got the bottles here. um, Wow. Just because it goes now, it goes with my corner gas collectibles. You know. Oh,
1: right, yeah. right, yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah. he absolutely did. Um, but my wife got some old Dutch all dressed and old, old Dutch ketchup chips to bring home. Nice. So she actually ate bags of that for lunch uh, for like a couple of days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all dressed, yum. Yeah, that one
0: love- was that one was a little too weird for me. Really? It was just a little too weird for me because like there was so much going on, I didn't know what to appreciate. <laughs> that's funny
1: yeah there is a lot going on in the all dressed.
0: because <laughs> what it's it's ketchup barbecue pickle is there cheese uh, in
1: there n- no i don't think there's cheese because i'm lactose intolerant and i can eat it okay yeah
0: it was just it was like crazy too much um <laughs> it was it was just too weird the one other thing and then i'll let the topic go is my wife is a bit. she makes her own bagels Really?
1: That's so impressive.
0: Well, well, I'll tell you what, after we get done here, um, I'll get a P.O. box or something for you, and I'll send you her bagel cookbook.
1: Wow, thank Um, you.
0: Yeah, Um, but so while we're up there, we were trying to get cream cheese.
1: Uh Well,
0: in Canada, you apparently call it something a little different at the grocery store. So I had to go through the 35 different names I knew for it before landing on (laughs) Philadelphia cheese. And then the guy looked at me. and goes, "Oh yeah, it's right there behind you, sir." I'm like, "Oh, oh, there it is."
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny.
0: Yeah, I was going through the new Chatel's and all the different like names for it I could think of, and then finally, I was, you know, Philadelphia's. Oh yeah, there it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but perhaps I've said too much.
1: No, that's hilarious. No, I think the differences between Canada and America are funny. It's like, what is you? It's pop. You guys call it soda?
0: Well, do you call it pop? What do we call
1: it?
0: Well, it depends on where you're from. I believe in both the Midwestern areas, so like the middle of the country for both of us, I'm trying to think what provinces would line up with the states, but the states I'm talking about would be like Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and going north. Mm -hmm. They would call it pop. Right. Uh, The coast, you would either call it by brand name, Pepsi or Coke, or soda. Mhm. And, and I think. Mhm. Go ahead.
1: We call it. uh What do we
0: call a soft drink? I,
1: don't
0: know. <laughs> I totally had like a brain
1: fart just
0: then. Yeah. Well, no, because that was <laughs> one of. the I had trouble getting an iced tea while I was in Canada. It was like being in the south. It was always sweet and had lemon in it for some reason. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's one thing that I do love about the states. I love an you know, Arnold Palmer.
0: Oh, see, that's what I kept getting when I ordered stuff there.
1: You can't get an Arnold Palmer here. They make oh. they have sweetened iced tea, um, but or lemonade, but they don't have the Arnold Palmer because the Arnold Palmer is the unsweetened tea.
0: Oh, with, I see what okay. you're saying. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because we were at the Sylvia, we stayed at the Sylvia, and oh,
1: that's a beautiful. Oh. Hotel.
0: Here's the thing, I would have loved it, except it was 100, 102 degrees the whole time we were there, and there was no air conditioning there.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, there's probably no air conditioning.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and our, our mutual friend Fred, I, after I left, was making fun of me. He was like, well, next time I want to make sure we have air conditioning. It's like, you won't need it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I will. I'm totally going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> you say I won't. But, yeah, so it's a beautiful old hotel right on English Bay with a great restaurant downstairs. And mm-hmm. I order an iced tea, and I thought they were trying to poison me.
1: <laughs> and we think the reverse when we go to the U.S. Oh, it's yeah. like, ooh, what well, is this? <laughs> that
0: was the funny part, because when I, I asked the guy, do you have anything without all that stuff? And he goes, you're from the States, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Oh, so Taylor, you you just got done. I know you had a few things out. You had a movie out on the Hallmark channel at the start of the year here. Is that yes, right? that's right.
1: Yeah. It's called Frozen in Love. And um it was starring Rachel Lee Cook, who is a friend of mine that I worked with on a movie in Montreal like six or seven years ago.
0: Oh, she was the uh Here's Your Brain on Drugs girl. I had a crush on that's, her when I was younger. Yeah.
1: You're so right. Yep, that was yeah. her.
0: And oh, she was Josie and the Pussycats too. That's right. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. Um, So do you like filming TV movies? Is that fun?
1: It's really fun. Um, I'm currently working on one, actually. But they are intense, given that, like the one I'm working on right now, it's a 14-day shoot. And they're shooting six-day weeks. And we shoot generally about a 12-hour day. But when you're a girl... You get called in an hour or two before crew call, which makes your day a 14-hour day. And then a lot of the time they shoot out in Langley, which takes about an hour to get there. So your day goes from a 12-hour day to a 16-hour day for six days in a row. So I was working. I worked Monday to Friday. Luckily, I didn't work uh, yesterday. But (laughs) uh, we shot on friday for almost over 15 hours and so it's like it's intense and it's a bit of a grind but you sort of get in and you get out um and this one's super super fun we have a really fun cast and uh yeah it's fun it's just it's, it's every like working on tv working on film, film and then working on Every everyone is a little bit of a different
0: experience yeah, that's one of the things, too, I think, for people who don't know, who aren't actors themselves and don't know any actors, we kind of think of it as, like, that's not really working, but 14-hour day is a hell of a long day. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it's, when I was a plumber, I would put in 14-hour days sometimes, and it's just, oh
1: wow.
0: even if you're not, I mean, even if what you're doing isn't physically taxing, it is still emotionally taxing, and that's a long day. Yep.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and emotionally and also just, like, mentally, you know, you got to stay in the game. And when you're shooting for 15 hours and then they're like, okay, we're going to do your coverage, and you're so tired, Mm -hmm. but you've got to, like, pull it out of somewhere. It's like, I'm still tired right now, and, like, luckily, I slept in until noon yesterday, which was a miracle. I don't think I've slept in until noon (laughs) since I was in college.
0: (laughs) I still I still can do that on occasion, but it is harder to do now. Yes. Yeah. So, have you ever been in the middle of playing a role and then just lost the character because of something, you know, the long day or something happens and you just can't get back there? Or, if not, how do you avoid that happening?
1: No, that hasn't happened, but when, oh, maybe October, November, yeah, no, November, I was working on three different projects in, like a two-week period, but from, like, May, June till about October, I was working on two series, um, Ghost Wars and Siren, mm-hmm. and then when I wrapped Ghost Wars, I booked an M.O.W., and so then I was working on Siren and this MOWs. and then in November, I was working on a feature film, Siren, and an M.O.W. So it's like that was challenging because I had to make a very big effort to ensure that I was honoring each character and making sure they were they were different yeah um and for me that's just I put a lot of work in to the project before we start filming so that I'm not scrambling and or trying to catch up or unclear when we're filming because there's no time for that I have to be really, really clear about each character I'm playing and on top of it all, because when the days are that long, you just get tired. And if you're not really, really prepped, you can kind of lose it. Um, one of the things that happens once in a while to me and not very often is just like my mind will go blank on my dialogue <laughs> while the cameras are rolling in the scene. And I'm just like, all of a sudden, I'm like deer in headlights. <laughs> and the directors are usually pretty great, and they're like, okay, well, I think we should probably cut, Tammy, what's going on over there? And I'm like, that was just temporary, I'm back, I'm back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was only for a second, I'm cool now.
1: <laughs> it was like a reset, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so Ghost Wars in your upcoming show, Siren, and you've been on Supernatural and a bunch of other genre TV. Mm-hmm. So I have to know, do you enjoy uh, genre pieces, or are you just kind of whatever comes up, you'll take a look at it. Or is there actually something about nerdy stuff you like?
1: Well, I'm a big nerd at heart for sure. Um, And I love uh, that kind of genre because you never know what's going to happen. They can throw stuff in and you're like, Whoa, how? And what I also think is really cool is when the writers come up with these ideas, I'm just like, where did that come from in your brain? Like, that's so cool
0: yeah there's um so my wife turned me on to supernatural a few years ago which Mm -hmm. obviously films there in your your neck of the woods right um the day we left vancouver last year turned out to be the start of the supernatural convention oh wow so we we were sitting in the sacramento airport getting ready to go home and i got the or i got an email saying that that was a start date i'm like you're not gonna believe what we just missed Oh no. <laughs> Broke her heart. Oh, it did. It absolutely did. Um, so you say you're a giant nerd. Why, we're going to play a little game here. We usually oh, do what? this. Well, it's not, it's not a hard one. It'll be one question. <laughs> okay. We usually just do this on the the start of live episodes. It's called, What Are You Geeking Out About? And you just tell me something nerdy you're into or what what's something nerdy you like this week. Okay. So, Tammy, what are you geeking out about right now?
1: Well, on set, we are doing a lot of dub smash. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because uh some of some of the actors are like oh that's so 2010 um, but they're one of the younger actors on our show's name is Jordan. He does tons and tons of Dub Smash, like almost one every single day on Instagram. So he's getting us all involved in doing it. So that is currently what I'm nerding out about because I'm like, okay, I have to learn more about how to do this.
0: How do we do this? <laughs> That's awesome. So the only time I've ever been let down by that question was actually Lauren Cardinal, who I asked him. He goes, oh, I'm really into rugby. And I'm thinking, there's nothing nerdy about rugby. <laughs> that's like tough guy stuff you know that's such a rugby where did that even come from (laughs) well apparently he used to play semi-pro oh wow and and you know i'm expecting him to be like davis and he's like mr serious actor one of the first you know um aboriginal americans to, to be trained in this method and this that and the other and i'm all like I'm not I'm not ready for this line of questioning. <laughs> I am so woefully unprepared to talk to this man right now. <laughs> oh, but it was still fun. Um, yeah. So, you've got something coming up on Freeform, which I believe used to be ABC Family, yes? that's Yep, that's right. Okay. Uh, Freeform, which used to be that. It's a show called Siren. Before I have you tell us a little bit about that, I'm going to ask you a little something about Freeform itself. I don't know if you've watched any of the shows, but... a a couple of years ago, they did one called Dead of Summer, which was like a horror horror movie, but done in 10 parts. Mm-hmm. And then it got canceled. Okay. Why, do, why do people do good good stuff and then cancel it, Tammy? I don't get it.
1: Well, I think that it has a lot to do with the viewership, right? If they don't have people watching it, they've got to find something that people will watch, you know?
0: Yeah, but how? Yeah, what numbers can you use now to decide it? what is an acceptable audience because there's so much out there for us to watch there's only so many eyeballs and so much time true so Very I mean, true. how do you even set those numbers like you know our grandparents you had one channel and a local channel and that was it and so you could say well there's you know 20 you know 20 million people that own a tv so we should have at least 90% of the market how do you do that now i wonder any insights any thoughts um, I don't know. Um,
1: there, there is a lot more content out there for sure. And sometimes, sometimes networks greenlight a show and it's only meant to be one season. So that could be something behind it or and or, you know, network heads change, their ideas change. And it's like even Freeform was ABC Family. Now it's Freeform and it's a much different content that they have on it. Um, and that's kind of like Spike TV, just rebranded
0: as, is it Paramount? Paramount Network, I believe.
1: Paramount Network, and yeah. they've really changed their content as well.
0: Yeah, but that's because Spike was never that good a channel.
1: Yeah, Spike was more geared towards, I think, like, college men. <laughs>
0: you no, know, Because
1: I, I... I, I was on a show um, that was on Spike TV uh, years ago called Blue Mountain State, and it was very much like college football humor
0: ah, I believe you call that bro humor I believe
1: bro humor <laughs> Yeah,
0: I think well I didn't mean to uh, you know speak negatively about one of your uh, past associations there so, no, no, uh, no, not at all yeah we'll go ahead and talk about your upcoming show uh siren I mean I know you can't talk a lot about it but why don't you give us just kind of a quick rundown uh, on what it's about
1: um well it's about this uh, sleepy little town uh, called Bristol Cove and uh, Mermaid Legends Come to Life, and it's a thriller. It's a bit dark. It's a uh, it's it's something that I don't think has been out there yet. Uh, I I can't really recall mermaids being on TV um, other than like Splash, which I watched at Christmas.
0: <laughs> oh God, I haven't seen that in forever. Right? Yeah.
1: Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's going to be a really cool, dark, interesting, creepy show. Uh,
0: and it was a lot of fun to shoot. Well, and the first trailer for that was released this weekend, right? No, it
1: was actually released at New York Comic Con. Oh, uh, Oh, boy, when was that? I know we were filming when that happened, uh, and the main cast were flown out to New York to be there for the release of that. Um, People are really excited about it. It's premiering on March 29th, and it's going to be a two-hour special, Uh, so the first two episodes.
0: Put together into one?
1: Yeah, so uh, I play Deputy Marissa Staub, who's uh, one of the main town deputies there, and Mermaids come to town and uh, crimes start happening. And
0: <laughs> you know, mermaids really are the gypsies of the sea, aren't they?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, you out there stealing stuff and probably smoking marijuana and listening to jazz music. <laughs> sure, we'll say yes. <laughs> Is it, did I accidentally fall in something? Is there a scene where you have a uh, a mermaid getting high, listening to jazz music? Oh, Can you tell goodness. me that much? <laughs> yes i would pay money to see that i really really (laughs) would that would be amazing that would be amazing oh so that's that's the next thing you got coming up so um let me ask you this you're a giant nerd you say you've done a lot of a lot of uh genre films is there a project that you would really love like is there a dream project in the nerdy realm you would like to be attached to or have something to do with
1: yeah i totally would love to be like a superhero you know um when we were shooting ghost wars which was a lot of fun uh like ghost wars was crazy because every episode that would we get the script we'd be like whoa it seemed like anything that they thought they'd want to like try and do they just throw it in there which was crazy. And I played a character, she's a female mercenary that's protecting this um, company called Lambda. And it's a a character I've never, ever played before. She's, you know, highly trained military, kind of almost operative. And so I got a little taste of being almost like an action hero, which was really fun. Uh, You know, like I have guns that I'm shoving in meatloaf's face and I'm Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy is sort of, like, throwing me around, and I'm trying to keep him in line, and I'm shooting guns, and I'm flying in helicopters, so that was really, that was so fun to do, and just, like, one of the most fun shows I've ever worked on.
0: Yeah, see, if I ever met Meatloaf, I don't know if I could actually talk to him.
1: (laughs) He was, you know, it's intimidating, because he's Meatloaf, right? Yeah, and.
0: I even yesterday I was listening to Bad Out of Hell as I was working in the office.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. He would, but he was like the loveliest, gentlest man when we weren't filming, and then when they'd say action, he'd be just so like he's the town bully. He'd just mm-hmm. be so mean and cruel. Um, but yeah, it was uh,
0: it was pretty cool. I hear he's also lost a lot of weight.
1: Yeah, so I think that... He's like he a had...
0: vegan meatloaf now. <laughs>
1: That's good. <laughs> good joke. Yeah, he has lost a lot of weight. I think he had um, some health problems a year or so ago. So he's, you know, taking care of himself more now, which is great.
0: Yeah. Is that, um, out of the stuff you've worked on so far, is that one of the most diverse casts that goes towards... I, I was looking through the names earlier, and there, there were a lot of names that just jumped right off the page as I was reading it.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty loaded cast, you know, it, and considering they didn't have a whole lot of money to make that show. It was a lot of people that were friends with the creator, Simon Barry. I think he, you know, he called in some favors. And he he had mentioned that he initially wrote it with... Um, Vincent D'Onofrio in mind for the role that he ended up playing.
0: Yeah. And getting Vincent D'Onofrio for a TV role to me still baffles me in this day and age. I know he he does it all the time, but it's still just like, what are you doing on TV?
1: He loves it. He's so passionate about like acting and filmmaking. He just, I think he just absolutely loves
0: it. Yeah. Like I said, he still does. I mean, he was just on a law and order. What in the last, decade or 15 years but yeah. i still think of him as a film guy and right. you know just one of those things that there's a break between my brain and reality apparently when it comes to him
1: <laughs> well i just think that actors like to act you know and they're not it's it's hard like you don't want to wait for a job you want to be creating and doing things so it, you know, if a friend comes to you and is like, hey, I wrote this show for you, what do you think? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. What's it about? It's a, what do these ghosts do? Uh, it was interesting because Simon, the creator of the show, I he's a big nerd for sure, because he also created Continuum, and there would be times when we'd be talking about something in ghost wars and I'm like, well, I don't really understand this. So can you please explain what's going on in your brain and where this came from? And he's like, ah, he's like, I, I don't know if I can really, <laughs> he's like, I don't know how to articulate where that came from.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure how to get from here to there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to catch I you. I was going
1: to say, but the stuff he comes up with is like mind blowing.
0: Yeah, Uh, I believe I saw that you were on an episode of Continuum, which I watched the whole series. I just don't remember seeing you on there.
1: Yeah, I was on that um, in the very last season. I played a doctor. I had shorter blonde hair then, and that was, like, one of the hardest scenes I've ever had to do because it was literally, like, five or six pages of, like, doctor talk in this sci-fi world that is all completely made up. Mm Mm-hmm. So, trying to remember the dialogue about something that doesn't even exist <laughs> is uh, was so challenging um but it was a lot of fun and actually some, well I was going to say no, Simon didn't direct that. Pat Williams directed it, but um Simon was there and uh yeah, continuum was a fun show they uh they They did some really fun things on it.
0: I really liked the first season of it, like Mm -hmm. really, really liked it, and then when they did the next big time shift, I I really don't like to, you know, say negative things, but basically, they did after, oh, Magda Apinovich's character was killed, right? and they did another uh, time jump to fix that, well... The one time I met Magda at a comic convention, I said, oh, you're the girl who ruined Continuum. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, poor
1: Magda. Yeah,
0: it probably wasn't the nicest thing for me to say. <laughs> but
1: uh, what, do you, what can you well, do? Yeah. Well, you're, yeah, you're <laughs> the
0: actor. you got to do the role. You're, you're not like, hey, I disagree with the continuity of the story you're telling
1: also as a fan you get passionate about it oh yeah when things happen that you don't like it's understandable and we as actors get it like i remember working on a show in winnipeg called less than kind which was a really dark comedy on hbo canada and my character was this woman she's like eight and a half months pregnant but she was kind of psycho she'd be like really super sweet but then like really really crazy (laughs) um and I did this one scene where, like, the baby starts kicking and I start screaming at, like, my unborn child and, like, hit, smacking my stomach, trying to get it to go back to sleep. Ah. <laughs> and the camera, like, it's like, you know, I get it, but it's also comedy. Am acting? I'm not really pregnant. Um, But the camera operator, who I've known for a long time, was like, you know, Tammy, if I didn't know you, I'd want to punch you in the face. And I'm like, it's acting! I'm like, on one hand, I'm like kind of offended that you would say that but on the other hand i'm like sort of proud as an actor yeah i was I gonna say off. that's
0: kind of that's damning with praise at that point really i mean <laughs> I, you're saying i you believe what i'm doing you know yeah <laughs> i saw ed harris in a movie one time that i hated him so much i can't watch him to this day
1: oh whoa, really yeah i usually get that way when you know i met someone in real life and they're not a nice person.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Or with like all the stuff that's come out now, like it's really shifted my brain and I can't, you know, some things that used to be my favorite movie, I'm like, I don't want to watch that because I now see or have heard what a horrible person you are. I don't well, want to
0: support that. You know, this weekend it's kind of topical because my wife used to say she wanted to be Quentin Tarantino when she grew up. Right. Just yesterday or in the last couple of days, Uma Thurman has released some statements about that where my wife won't even talk about it. And I'm afraid I won't get to see the new Star Wars movie that he directs or Star Trek movie that he directs because of it.
1: Right. Yeah. I've, I've, I read the New York Times article and I watched the video yesterday and I, when I was reading it, it made me cry Yeah. because I was just like, it's the director as an actor, as an artist, you need to trust that person implicitly and for to be betrayed in that sense is just like whoa you know yeah it it really changed my mind about his movies his projects who he is as a filmmaker
0: it there's a lot of things to get used to now i mean like i always suspected kevin spacey was a russian spy that one didn't strike me that weird you know (laughs) I've definitely I
1: I heard like you know he was very passionate about his work, um, is what I've heard, and that he wasn't always like the m- nicest guy. But all the other stuff that's now come out is like, whoa.
0: Yeah, and uh, and then the way he tried to deal with it was just such a low rent, just ham-fisted, shithead kind of thing to do. You know? Yeah, it was, yeah, brutal. Yeah, I mean, just to go from, oh, I'm being accused of child molestation, to, well, I'm, I've been secretly living a gay lifestyle this whole... Yeah. It, one like, thing has nothing to do with the other.
1: Absolutely yeah. nothing,
0: yeah. And, well, you know, let me ask you this, because this is kind of a, a question that I'm probably going to step on my feet the way I ask this, but obviously you're a model and an actress. You're an attractive woman. I am sure that there comes a point where you have to decide, like, how much... How much do my looks versus my talent need to get involved in my career? I mean, is that is that a weird thing to kind of have to deal with, or am I stepping on my feet asking that? Give me, no, give me... no,
1: not at all. Um, as a woman, it, there's a lot of pressure surrounding it, especially as you get older. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was really grateful for this year is that in Ghost Wars and Siren, I don't feel like it has anything to do with my looks, really. You know, there are projects that I work on where I'll spend two hours in hair and makeup and on Siren and Ghost Wars, I'd be in and out in half an hour with a ponytail. <laughs> I'm like, I love it because there's no pressure about, you know, my body, my face, my looks, my whatever it was. It was about my acting, yeah. which was great. Um, but I think also, like, I made a very big concerted effort to not go down the path of, uh, you know, like earlier on in my career, I'd go out for roles where it'd be like hot girl, number one. Uh, and I'd be auditioning against a bunch of like perfect, beautiful models and I would never book those parts. And I just eventually started saying, no, that's not me. That's not who I am. And it's not what I want to do. I don't want to get an acting role just based on my look, I want it to be about something more. I want it to be about my acting. so that's something that definitely I am aware of, but I also
0: um you know try to change that story. yeah, I just to me acting even not so much, but even for men, it does come down to you know you gotta look the part it was it like Chris Pratt had to drop what a hundred pounds to do Guardians of the Galaxy is, you know, he was a fat-ass on the community.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, it's also, like, I think Look absolutely has a lot to do with any character you play, and it's like honoring that character. So, of course, he had to drop that weight, otherwise he wouldn't be believable as a
0: superhero, right? Right, yeah, that's, but <clears throat> I would have to think for women, because I would say, if you were to ask me, it's like, if somebody's attractive and they want to use their looks to enhance what they're doing or to make more money, or whatever, you know, it's, it's just like being smarter. you would never mm-hmm. tell somebody who's a genius, oh hey, don't use your brains to get ahead right. It's but, kind of
1: like like actors, the way I look at it, we're kind of like you know we're kind of like a product, right So mm-hmm. it's like what does our packaging look like in order to be sold the best? you know yeah. so it's like I don't know like a candy bar. You know, you're not going to have some old, broken-down uh, rapper around it. You're going to try and be fresh and look good
0: and, you know. Yeah. No, I'm following you. It was something I figured I'm talking to an actress during the Me Too movement, so I might as well ask about it, you know. Right. Yeah. It's
1: definitely the dialogue around it has changed a little bit. Like, the people, producers, et cetera, used to be a little bit more vocal about, you know, the way you know they'd come back with notes and or uh, about appearance and now that definitely has shifted a lot yeah
0: uh, i just yeah <clears throat> it's just such a such a tricky time because as a guy we got to stop and think about stuff that would have been considered totally acceptable not very long ago yeah and you know how much how offensive was i without ever realizing it, kind of thing right. you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, I'm not one of these people who think it's a bad thing. I mean, this is something we've needed to do for quite some time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where you do, where I feel I have to be much more aware of myself as a person now and what I say or think or, you know, hell, even my body language could give, like you were saying earlier, you're acting, but you've got something else in your head. It comes across. So now I have to be aware of even my subconscious or semi-subconscious thoughts when I'm dealing with somebody. Well, it's just
1: like, it's just be a good person, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's I think what I think is interesting is how surprised so many people are. And it's like for a lot of us in the industry, we're like, "Mm, not that big of a surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But I think it's like, it just comes down to just be kind and be respectful. Like people know when they're being inappropriate. They
0: know. Oh, yeah. Well, and the Weinstein one was one that blew me away because people are going, well, why are people just saying stuff now? Well, Courtney Love in 1995, somebody asked her for advice for a new actress. She said, never follow Harvey Weinstein back to his room. Yeah. And well, so people have been talking about it for 25 years almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nobody was ready to listen to it yet.
1: Well, no one was ready to listen. And also, they were, the women were scared. Mm-hmm. Like, he could ruin you. He was a scary, intimidating dude. Yeah. You know, like even on a smaller scale, um, like there are things that are going on in Vancouver, obviously that I've heard about that people are not able to speak publicly about with naming names. Um, But girls that have been sexually harassed and are assaulted by certain people in the Canadian film industry. And people are like, well, why, why don't you want to come forward and say anything? And their response has been like, they, they can ruin my career. And I don't really have a career yet. They have so much power is what these women are thinking. And I'm like, man, they have no power. You have the power. Um, so it's like, it, that's why it was silent for so long.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a thing people are overlooking, because you, know, you hear some of these shittier responses. Well, if that happened to me, I'd blah, blah, blah. No, you wouldn't. And that's, that's the thing you're overlooking. It's easy to stand here and sound like a tough guy action hero when it's right. not happening to you. You exactly. Know? Well, you're yeah. not going, well, I'm living in a, a you know squalor like studio apartment, eating nothing but craft dinner you know, three a <laughs> week.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: boy, we went to a dark place there, Tammy.
1: We did. What uh, happened? I we don't started talking know. about siren, and and then all of a sudden, here we are. Yeah. But, but you know, it's a conversation that needs to be had, and I think that more people talk about it uh, than you know more people will feel safer coming forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so so we don't end on a darker note, let me ask you this. You you are what I properly or improperly refer to as a working actor, and that is somebody who is actively pursuing career directions and taking roles and trying different things out. What are some of the things you do to get out there and find out about roles and and try to stay actively acting?
1: Well, at this point, um uh, a lot of the stuff is my agent takes care of all of that, right? Mhm. Um and like I still audition quite often, pilot season's just starting, which is crazy having working as much as I am right now on this movie and then having I have I have to take two auditions after this today. Uh, and then I have an audition tomorrow and then I'm back on set on Tuesday. So Literally, I'm just, to actively keep acting, I'm just making sure that I'm taking care of myself, my body, my head, my mind. Um, And when I get the opportunity to audition, making sure that I'm giving it still 110%, you know, still being creative, still bringing something unique to it. And then letting and trusting my agent is working hard for me. You know, also, you know, keeping my ear to the ground about things and my friends and what they're auditioning for. And, you know, if I hear of something that I think that I'd be really good for, I'm going to go after it for sure. But um, as an actor, you just got to keep your engine
0: running smoothly. Well, and there you have it. I always like to ask that just people are at different points in their careers. So I always like to hear what people do to, you know, just stay active right yeah
1: well it's interesting because actually a friend of mine um wants to put up this play this play by neil LeBute, and i would love to do it i would totally love to do it but it's just such a time commitment being theater um it's something you know it's just another avenue in the acting world that would be fun and yeah. a
0: challenge My well, got you. do you like stage acting
1: I haven't done it since, in so long. Like, I've only literally done, I did plays throughout high school, so like five plays, and then maybe two or three outside of that. Everything else I've done has been primarily film and television.
0: Yeah, I've talked to a handful of actors who say they do film and TV, so every couple years they can do a stage part, and that's what they really like.
1: Right. I'm I'm very impatient, I guess that's a good Mm -hmm. word. I love... I don't really love the rehearsal process. I'm like, let's just get to it. Let's do it. So that's one of the things I do love a lot about film and television is, you know, you got to bring your best stuff right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, You don't sort of like warm up into it. Um, And then you move on to the next thing. Yeah. So that's, that's something that I personally just love. I get bored quickly.
0: I understand completely. I, I'm one of those guys. I'm very inquisitive. But in about 15 minutes, I've already moved on to another topic. <laughs> right. So I know a whole, well, I know surfacey stuff about just about everything on the planet, but that's about it. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: I yeah. like that explanation.
0: Yeah, that's, um, we do, I'm getting ready to change the format of the show, but for a while we'd been doing a uh, live episode three Thursdays a month, mm-hmm. which I love because you just kind of embrace the chaos. Right. <laughs> um, you know, this, this episode tonight, I'll sit down, I'll spend an hour or two editing it and getting rid of pauses and this, that, and the other. When you're doing live, if you drop an F-bomb, ah, you just got to roll. Just, <laughs> there's no fixing it. So just, uh, you know, you got to bring your A-game, too. You know, your sense of humor has to be on at all times. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I like. So, Tammy, if people want to reach you on the interwebs and pitch you a uh, custom written script about you being a superhero, where could they do that at?
1: Oh yeah. You can find me on Twitter, uh, at real Tammy Gillis and Instagram at real Tammy Gillis. I try to keep it. I I'm so, this is my type A nerdiness. It always like bothers me so much when people have different handles <laughs> on their social media. Cause then you have to go in and change it and fix it because I'm so type A. Um, so yeah, real Tammy Gillis on Twitter, on Instagram. I have a Facebook page um, find me, reach out to me. I'd love to be like, a superhero.
0: I think that's a great idea. I'm going to go follow you on Facebook because I think I already follow you everywhere else.
1: On Facebook, though, I just like what I just said is my biggest pet peeve. It's Tammy Gillis official, I think.
0: So it's different. Uh, so,
1: you know, I apologize, but I'm one of those people, too.
0: <laughs> I'll have to search for it because it looks like I just found your, your actual personal page, so I'll look a little bit right. later. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so do you run into a lot of fake Tammy Gillises?
1: <laughs> you know what? I was, a friend of mine was at a party at the film, in the Vancouver Film Festival a couple of years ago, and she was standing behind these two girls, and these girls were trying to get into this party, and one of them said she was me, and they let her in.
0: That's awesome. So there, <laughs> your name carries some weight.
1: I was just like, oh my goodness, somebody actually dropped my name and got into the party. That is too hilarious. See that? Please, but but nobody else, please don't do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> please don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> she will call the police for identity theft, the next person who does that. All right, everybody, so go check out uh, Tammy's new show coming up on Freeform on March 29th called Siren. Uh, it stars some very scary mermaids, apparently. And uh, everybody else can catch us at geekishcast.com. or on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. And now I'm going to upset Tammy by saying we are on Twitter at the geekishcast. <laughs> Catch you all later. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. This is in Victor Production and is part of the Astro Panda Productions Network. You can find us now on SoundCloud and on Blog Talk Radio. Our theme music is taken from the song Out to Get Mine by Rain of Zeus. Check them out at rainofzeus.net.